0: (laughs) Fuck. I'm... I'm Eli... A new reader. I'm Eli... An old reader. I'm Eli... A new reader. Did Did it die in an egg? Did it die in an egg? Did it die... In an egg? Did it die in an egg? Or... Did it die... Not in an egg. Did it die in an egg? Or did it not die in an egg? Reread the chapter. Did it die in the egg? (laughs) I'm very confused because it it feel, it, it sounded like it died in an egg. It feels like it died as a real dragon. But in the description, it sounds like it died in an egg. You tell me, you read it, and you tell me what you thought you said. Fuck you.
1: Welcome to Bucky Radio. We're coming to you from Inside the Walls. This is episode 22, Ship of Magic, chapters 16 through 20. And I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a new reader.
0: I'm Eli, and I'm a new reader.
2: I'm Elena, I am a new reader. And I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader.
1: Well, I'm all alone, the only rereader, and barely one at that. <laughs> <laughs> but you're yeah. reading
3: ahead, so you're kind of, yeah. you know, you're at least more
1: informed than us.
4: You, you can and still spoil say us. anything
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like remember that thi- that time that just happened in this book no no you're not reading that you're not reading the same way as me uh so uh our listeners know that our this episode's going to be a little bit late because we had to re-record some of this I'm not going to blame anyone. It's all of our fault. It was
4: a very large <laughs> portion of it was my fault. so Or at least the software that I was using on the computer that I don't normally use is fault.
1: It was a rough
3: episode all right. around. It's probably best.
4: <laughs> was it a shining <laughs> it, moment? It,
1: it, it wasn't our best episode. And I had like a complete mental breakdown and recorded it for an hour and a half. So glad that I don't have to post. Cool. So... First up, oh, uh, happy birthday. Ula. Oh, thank you. Yay. Late. <laughs> okay, so first up is corrections, omissions, and announcements. I wanted to do a shout out for a link I saw on Reddit. Uh, it's called The Elderling Along, and it is a YouTube-based reread of the Robin Hobb books. It looks like it's going to be the first two trilogies, so the Farseer trilogy and the live ship books, which personally I think is kind of an odd choice because... Both of those trilogies sort of end with things, like, not unresolved, but, like, there's definitely more happening after that. But maybe they'll do another, like, a part two. Uh, And if you go to YouTube and look up what Cass read, you can find it.
4: They also have an Ashley and a Rachel. Not to be confused with us.
1: Yeah, but it's not us. You will never know our faces.
4: And I swear a whole bunch, so that's how you know it's me. (laughs)
1: all right so shout out to jamie and jack for their excellent correspondence we love all of your emails and i do redact and share everything that i can with the rest of the group everyone can attest to that fact
2: even even when it's literally a sentence and a paragraph blacked (laughs) out we get it it's awesome
4: (laughs) (laughs) hi guys how's it going and then just one big giant black blob (laughs) there were like two sentences in that email (laughs) email (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know I I don't want to be the person that spoils you okay so I just I err on ca- in, on the side of caution and it's really helpful when people email us and then like they put their spoilers in one part and their regular stuff in the other part because then it's easier to redact <laughs> <laughs> so, I think I sent one that was redacted where it was like just a word in the middle <laughs> <laughs> so send us
3: nice things with your spoilers so that we can get stuff too yeah yeah
1: so Jamie emailed us about uh thoughts on Jamelia which had uh, the group actually going in chat and I am sorry to tell you that uh, we're all pretty much on the same boat uh, about no Jamelia not yeah uh, <laughs> we don't really think that Jamelia is the most progressive place to live in the hobverse I think we're all pretty solidly mountain kingdoms because they don't have slaves there yeah and they have purple things yeah. I like purple Yeah, it just seems more more peaceful. Good color scheme. And nice houses. And mountain air. Yeah. Uh, Jack sent us a very good guest that I won't talk about, but you are on the right path. And Alyssa and I are really proud of you. Oh, and obviously Alyssa is not with us. but She'll be back. Content warnings for chapter 17 uh, are incoming for implied sexual violence involving a non-point-of-view character. And there's another content warning on chapter 20 for underaged and very questionably consensual sex from a point-of-view character. And with those out of the way, let's move on to chapter 16. All right, so the book lets us know that it is now autumn. The chapter 16 is called New Roles. Oh, this is the
4: long chapter. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's yes. why you wanted to Epically do it. Epically long, 61-page chapter. <laughs> so, like, half the book. Yeah. Uh, we begin this
1: chapter after a tiny time hop over some weeks to join Althea in her new role as Ath, the ship's boy, on the slaughtership Reaper. A lot of this chapter is life on a ship, and what the heck does a ship's boy do? Which is everything. And what's the difference between a merchant vessel like Vaidisha and working a ship like the Reaper? So Althea is obviously pretending to be a boy here, and there's a memory later that lets us know that Althea got lessons on how to walk like a man, and some new clothes from her new bestie, Amber. And Althea's doing really well at being a boy, so Amber gets five stars on Rate My Professor. Althea has her routine to keep herself safe, she has a couple allies on the crew that don't seem too horrible, and she's learning how to be a proper sailor, and like every woman who seeks to excel, she's putting in a 200% effort compared to the men that surround her. (laughs) for Althea it's not just attitude it's physical capability so during a squall when Althea is traversing the deck from the kitchen to her bunk she's nearly swept overboard by a wave and as she's sort of going overboard she knocks into a fellow sailor and oh Hey, it's Brashen. Hey, Brashen. So it turns out that Brashen clocked Elthea pretty early on because he's serving on the same ship and he's been trying to do his job and not draw attention to her. He's being respectful of her goal to get a ship's ticket, which is something that she can't do as a woman, but he can't resist taking this scary stormy time to be like, Hey, so uh, how have you been doing? Like they don't live on a 600 square foot stinking heap together, which is inc- incidentally how Joey and I spent 2008. So after some quality mope time with Althea, we switched to Brashin's point of view, and he's been doing the absolute minimum and has already seen a huge promotion on board, so real typical. He's gone from a common sailor to ship's second mate, and I think that makes him data in Star Trek terms. So we learn the Reaper is on her way to easy killing grounds where hunters on board will harvest some kind of seal creature for meat and furs. We learned that Brashin has asked a decent guy on board to be Ath's friend, and in exchange, he's administering precious ship medicines. So, this guy's name is Reller, and he seems to be getting paid in tiny pills that resemble mouse droppings. Very <laughs> <Power laughs> safe. Next... Yeah. Our next point of view in this endless chapter is Wintrow back on Vivation and finally making friends. Mile does the very good work of attempting to explain to Wintrow why refusing to engage with Torg's cruel shenanigans is not endearing Wintrow to the crew. And it's because he's rejecting their social behavior and that equals rejecting them. So we get a lovely story uh, about a crew member putting his dick in Kyle's coffee cup. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's just this great
2: interlude. A moment we all treasure.
1: Yes. yes. Which I thought it was pretty cool, so. So then we're back to Althea as the reaper begins her harvest. It's gross and horrible, and Althea has never worked so hard in her life, but she ends up being pretty good at skinning, even though Brashen thinks that she should lay low to avoid detection. So there's also a bit about one of the rocks looking like a dragon with an arrow stuck in it. And by the way, (laughs) for this entire section, all I can think of is the Tatanka section of Dances with Wolves and how fucking sad that is where they have like the big the big shot of all of just like the carcasses that have been skinned, just sitting out with the sad music. So, Okay. We're next. Oh, it's crest time. So Vivacia docks at crest. Uh, Wintro is finally allowed shore leave. He doesn't want to spend all his time hanging out with his new friendlier crewmates, but instead he wants to see the sights that Vivacia remembers, remembers via her captain Vestrant memories. Ah, so Wintro tries to go see some art uh, but the local police tell the grubby sailor kid to go back to the sailor part of town. Wintrow does this anyway. The police see him again later. So they thrash him all the way down to the docks. And at this point, Wintrow is shirtless and he's seeking out his shipmates. And he finds them drunkenly betting on fighting a bear. I don't know what this place is, but apparently you can fight bears. Why not? So Winnie tells Comfrey not to do it, but he does it. Comfrey loses, and then Wintrow points out that it's probably all scam, so don't feel bad that you lost, but that just riles everyone up, and the crew wants Wintrow to fight the bear to, like, defeat the scam, but Wintrow says no, so Mild does it, because Mild is brought into all this shit, and Mild ends up getting the shit kicked kicked out of him by a fucking bear. And the quote that I pulled is, "'Wintrow stood alone, staring at the kicked-over corners of the square,' He knew he had done the right thing, and he had made the right choices. I mean, did he, though? I don't know. No. I
3: still say well, he did not on what what his goal by was. a bear, and that's pretty
1: good.
4: Yeah. If his goal was to bond with his shipmates, no. If his goal was to survive, then kind of. <laughs> <laughs> he survived the bear, but not his shipmates.
0: The funniest part is, after he points out that it's probably a scam, everybody is still like, gung-ho about the idea that if you get on the bear's back it will just quit
1: yeah (laughs) right yeah like it's it's a scam but this part's not this particular bit about the scam is still real
3: well it's their only strategy because they're a bunch of morons so i guess yeah drunk drugged up morons (laughs) yes exactly
1: but i mean think about it their life is like they're on this like ship it sucks. They don't get to do anything. They don't get to look at anything but more ocean. And then they finally come to a town where they can party a little. I mean, you know, and wrestle a bear. And wrestle a bear.
0: Apparently, well, sinden is the opposite of elf bark. I thought that was yeah, kind of right. interesting. Like, makes you uh, really optimistic about things.
2: So basically, sinden is meth. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how
3: sinden would affect the skill.
0: Hmm.
2: I don't know. Does it
0: open you to the skill?
1: What are the little seeds that they eat in the farce? Kara seeds. Kera yeah. seeds. I wonder if Sindon
4: and kara seeds are related somehow.
1: Mm, that would be interesting. Maybe, Maybe seed like and leaf Syndin or
4: something. Is like a nicer, like friendlier high than the kerosene. Considering <laughs> murder, <laughs> what... murder, murder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Kerosene sends
3: you on like an adrenaline, adrenaline fueled rage. Right. And Sindon <laughs> seems to just make you able to like stitch people up without yeah. like you know naming it's a, them. It's a
4: party drug. It makes you like feel good. Yeah. Yeah. But you got you guys. is
2: are... speed. And
4: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: but it, it's not about the bear is, uh, is, is the important point it's about the right. stories that you get to tell on the ship for the next like six weeks or however long it is before you get to dock again and get more stories so that's, right. why, that's why you do stupid shit like wrestle a bear in front of your crewmates because like every single one of them gets to tell that story over and over again uh, and so it's, that's, that's what you're really doing
1: so i i I like the contrast of of the vivacia and the reaper you know like one's like a a relatively nice you know middle class existence and then the other one is a piece of crap it did
3: seem pretty terrible is there like only one slaughter ship like at a time because
2: how did they both end up on this ship
3: um, oh, no, it was whatever
1: leaving, was in, in
2: dock, dock in Bingtown, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think there was a line in one of the point of views that it was essentially the only ship hiring when, and they both were looking at the same time.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, I remember them talking about slaughter ships. I didn't know there was only going to be, like, one.
1: Oh. Well, I think also, like, I, I mean... That was just the nicest slaughter ship or, yeah, and Peroshin has to be on the same ship as Althea. Like, come on! Oh, I know it has to. <laughs> but
4: that's what Elena is saying. Like, only, only the Reaper was hiring. Everything else was full up,
2: or right, or right no now. one else had got there yet because the Reaper was trying to get there early. Because remember, they're all disappointed when the, the you know they see the other ship at the at the optimal island, and they have to go to the second best island. So maybe the other right. ship got there first by not stopping in Bingtown
4: yeah the, mm. that's a good, they also that's a
0: both didn't have ships tickets at all at this point, so maybe it was the only one hiring people yeah, with no experience. was the
4: lowest hanging fruit. Also fate also fate, also fate. <laughs> and plot. <laughs> how um, um, how realistic do we think it is that Althea has made herself up to be a boy?
1: I'm, cons- well, I'm concerned about that because, like, how skinny do you have to get to look like a 13-year-old boy?
4: 14, but yeah. Yeah. I'm, what, I mean, she's still young enough to be, like, she's eight, potentially or... flat-chested. Like, you know, a 14-year-old doesn't, some do, but not. it's kind of a young age to have, like, a full bosom if you're going to have big boobs.
0: I thought they said she was, like, well, 17 18. or 18. Yeah.
4: Well, she, yeah, yeah,
2: she, she is 17 or 18, but like, imagine oh, yeah. like, you know, supreme athlete gymnast, cause she's so hyperactive and always like on the ship and uh, you're not going to get chubby eaten yeah. hard, hard tack in a, you know, salt pork on a ship when you're like all oh. through your teens. So.
1: Yeah. Which, you know, that probably helps her not have a period, which has got to be useful word. that's the only thing yeah, that seemed beautiful. like
4: especially risky to me i'm like having to like hide yourself every time you change your clothes so people don't see that you have your chest wrapped it's one thing but like she has to use socks as her sanitary yeah. napkins and i'm like i don't know about other women but like leaks leaks happen <laughs> when you have like the greatest arsenal of tools at your resources so mm-hmm. i'm just like oh that's a risky business yeah. yeah, it
3: doesn't sound good, but I mean, I doubt they have like that grade of stuff. Yeah, in Bingtown either. I mean, I know they have glass in their windows, but I don't know what their uh, <laughs> you know pad and tampon situation is like.
1: I like Do that. Do they have Wizard while, like, versions of that? <laughs> I like that Amber supposedly has all this experience so that she can be like, "Well, this is this is how you pose as a boy." <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, here's how you walk like
1: a boy, mm-hmm. talk like a boy, like that's that. That has to be a musical. That's a musical like montage right there. <laughs> Learning how to be a boy and putting the costume together and practicing. Yeah, eighties movie montage. Absolutely. <laughs> um. Oh, I had something else to say about the periods, but I guess it's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well can can I just um I'll buy you some time by pointing out the uh the the worst five words in the English language exist in this chapter. Kyle oh. might have been right. Right. Oh, <laughs> oh that was yeah. salty. That went down so hard. But blocked it out.
4: <laughs> I'm glad that she had that realization though. Like I'm glad that she was self aware enough. Yeah, forced upon her because she's miserable on this boat where she's having to bust her ass and like doesn't feel good enough but that there was a little bit of truth into what kyle said about her
3: but i'm glad that she had this revelation very far away from kyle yes so that she can like get better before she goes back
1: yeah like she maintains her dignity Mm -hmm. yes
0: I, i don't think they say it in this chapter maybe it's a chapter or two further on, but Brashen is talking about or th- thinking about how, like, she's actually she's not bad at her job. She's just mismatched with everyone else.
4: Yeah. In terms of size right. and strength, well, she and... puts in a lot of effort and she's fast and like trying to do things. But yeah, she's just not as strong as the people around her. Yeah, that definitely yeah.
2: comes up in the in the later chapters with with them. But that that's absolutely right, and this is a good learning moment for her to realize that she's not maybe a quote able-bodied sailor but she can be a specialist sailor
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. or a skinner yeah yep should we talk should we talk about
1: the dragon statue if you want to talk about the (laughs) dragon statue and how it didn't die in an egg. Um, we had that lovely intro courtesy of Eli. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I think maybe I got it out of my system.
2: <laughs> well, so I mean, uh, do, do do we think that it was hand, hands up if it if you think it was actually a dragon versus just a crazy rock formation. My hand is Definitely. up. Definitely. Oh, I think Definitely it was a dragon.
1: dragon. Oh yeah, hands up. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a dragon. I mean, what the fuck? There has to be there are dragons. Come on. This is a fantasy novel. Talking boats.
4: Yeah. Well, we we also know that there's a dragon. There's Well, we, we know there's stone dragons. Well, I mean, who's to say this wasn't something happened to him? We don't know all the secret ways of dragons. Oh, no. Are you trying True. to say that
1: this is like Verity's final resting place? So, like somewhere <laughs> No,
4: down? I didn't say that at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but how amusing would that have been? Not even no, cross my amusing. mind. Not amusing at all. Hate it. No. <laughs> rock formation, rock formation. Not a dragon.
3: Definitely a dragon.
4: Now we can move on. All right. <laughs> Ashley, you're up. All right. So, chapter 17 is called Kenneth's Whore. It's the greatest chapter name of all time. Um, so, the Marietta is docking at Divby town and the crew is feeling like pretty good about themselves because they have this new reputation as slave savers and the whores are all willing participants now which they're all like really excited about Um, and you know what more could they ask for they've saved four different slaver ships and Kenneth is giving over crew members to take over those ships so the pirates are seeing real opportunity for career advancement and Kenneth is building himself a nice little flotilla so it all seems to be working out for the most part um, so, Kenneth and Sorkor, I have a hard time saying that. Sorkor, Sorkor, take uh, a meeting with Sinkir <laughs> Falden, who is trying to partner with Kenneth on exclusive first rights to all of his cargo sales. And the term partner is like a major trigger word for Kenneth, and he gets real up in arms about it, him trying to be partners with him. But um, Falden brags about having warehouses that will allow for a real supply and demand market for top dollar sales because they'll be able to. Create demands and issue out goods when they feel like there's not any in the market instead of having to sell everything at once for a lower price. Um, but Kenneth is afraid of commitment, so he's not really feeling it. And then Falden pulls out the big guns, and it's his pale, plump virgin daughters. And he tries to seal the deal with kind of dangling them in front of the men. Sorcor is a fucking creepo times a billion and is literally like drooling <laughs> at a child. And Kenneth is kind of not feeling it, and he dodges a permanent alliance with him for the time being so that he can maybe shop around. Um Kenneth heads to the brothel for his usual rendezvous, but his trump bracelet cryptically warns him that, quote, in the long run, a whore can cost one more than the most wanted wife, unquote. And um, then a worse-for-aware passerby tells Kenneth that not everyone in town is pleased with his new ventures and blocking slave sales. And Kenneth doesn't really like what he has to say and uh, ponders killing him because, like, hey, why not? If somebody says something you don't really agree with. You should just murder them. And then the man tells him that actually he's for Kenneth and likes that he's sticking it to the man. So Kenneth tosses him a silver and heads on to his brothel. But drama. There is a setup at Battles. The place is oddly bumping and Betel is high on drugs. And she tries to force this blonde, pink-nipped little Lolita hooker onto Kenna. And he's all like, nope. <laughs> and he heads upstairs to his usual room with Etta. And as he's going up the stairs, he realizes that it's an ambush and there's men following him. So they do some knife work and all that. And he beats them. And then he gets to the room. And he knocks on the door. And two men open it up. And long story short, Etta saves the day. The Marietta crew was tipped off by the guy in the street. And they come to help out. And the whole ambush fails, and Kenneth saves. Um, Kenneth says for them to all just get the hell out of there, and he ends up taking Etta with them. How nice! Yeah,
3: I like that we have gone from Sorkor, like you know, holding an actual baby and you know being that hero to just like staring at underage girls. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: yeah he was especially interested in the younger one who was 15 yes was, exactly yeah what was the younger one's name <laughs> which one oh,
3: i don't remember
4: i don't remember at all
2: well no that, that's what he was he was asking kenny oh, like, <laughs> he was he was like, yeah. what was the younger one's name he's like he didn't care like, like
4: you are fucking disgusting
2: yeah
3: <laughs> and ken it was what like if i'm sure you can change her it'll be whatever you want it to be or something yes oh, horrible i'm sure you, like you can that. change it it's horrible <laughs> I'm gonna look up what the names are. Awesome Carry guy,
1: on. yeah. I loved the like close camera, like shot of them fighting in the ho- in like the the brothel room slash hallway slash stairwell.
4: Because
1: mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how pirates fight, but I have a feeling that it would be like exciting to watch if this was a movie. Yeah, that was it. Was a well,
2: oh. um, uh, well, well orchestrated or well described fight scene. Yeah, we have Alyssum and Lily are the the daughters. You
1: know? Just so we know. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they'll just run away. Yeah, I'm like, ladies, you've trying to sell them to pirates.
3: Run away north and go live in the Mountain
4: Kingdom. Yep. So shout out to Etta. For being assaulted with another woman in the brothel, but then totally kind of saving the day. I don't think things would have really turned out the way that they did unless she had taken the bedsheet and wrapped it around one of the bad guys so that he fell over, and then she just starts taking his head and pounding it into the ground over and over. I'm like, you know (laughs) what? You 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 you, you, yeah, you do that. You earned that. Yes, she did. Yeah, he
0: was he was starting to recognize that he was outmatched about the time that she yeah. jo- joined in.
1: I think Etta is the the role that if if it was a movie, that's the role that would get you like an award because it's it's like a strong woman, but still a, like a sexualized woman, like in the traditional way that like lead actresses tend to get awards. It's always like she was broken, she was a whore. But then she found her
4: inner power by you mean being like one man. Halle Berry when she won her Oscar.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's got she's got short hair like Halle did too. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no tits though. It doesn't have that. <laughs> yeah, it's not wow. happening. <laughs> None of us do. Not compared to Halle. <laughs>
2: um, also, this is a. This was a weird chapter for me because Kenneth is not um, my favorite character. I think we all agree he's, you know, kind of. He's the worst. He's the worst. But it's like he keeps doing, like, he keeps performing actions that I objectively agree with. And I like, he's doing the right things for, like, terrible reasons. And so it's, it makes, it it makes a really interesting point of view um, to see that sort of. Juxtaposed, where he's like talking about why i'm doing these things and you know his inner monologue about his lack of feelings or his you know ridiculous feelings like oh fuck that guy i want to kill him you know just whatever uh and then like his actions are um actually like not terrible this time and i don't know it, it, is is he is he the worst and just like lucking into like not being the worst externally, or is it like a case of actions speak louder than words, and he's not as terrible as he likes to think of himself?
3: I think he's just really fucking lucky. He's got
0: a, <laughs> yeah, <he's> got some <laughs> yeah. kind of yeah. I mean, charmed life. His it, it, and his little charm seems to have intervened once again and got that conversation started with that old man in the street.
4: Right. Yeah. I do find myself rooting for him, though. Like I know oh, he's a bad guy. And I still totally root for him. And I think that's one of our listeners, Jack, in the email that he sent. He said the same thing, and I totally agree.
3: I don't want to root for him, but sometimes he is doing good things. Yeah. I want him
4: to attack Kyle's ship. I I Kyle. hate Kyle yeah. way more than I hate <laughs> Kennet right now. That's for sure. Yep.
1: I just, I feel like Kenneth does things, and then, like, the opposite of what he wanted to happen happens, and then he takes credit for it. Because it's... He just got lucky, like, Mm. yeah. Like he's one of those people where everything just sort of like, like worked out for him, like Mr. Magoo. But he's (laughs) gonna like
0: evil Mr. Magoo.
1: He's he's evil, Mr. Magoo. But he's like, he's gonna take credit for it though. He's gonna be like, ah, everything is going as I have planned. And I'm like, no, you plan to just murder anyone who talks to you. That's your plan.
3: Well, it's like the last section, you know, where he was like, "Well, let's just dump them in this stupid town." And like, "Oh, oh, this worked out yeah. real well for me." Yeah, he's, look, a know, celebration he's the, the of my of honor.
4: Yeah,
3: <laughs> i I am looking for because I assume it, it eventually has to happen where he comes upon the vivacia and it's both a live ship and a slave ship, and he's just, it's I don't know. I'm
1: curious to see how that goes. Sorcor will be so happy. Maybe like. <laughs> That's all
4: he well, they'll both about. be happy at the
1: same they'll time. Look at the each other time. and high
0: five each other. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> yeah.
3: Jump in the
4: air and, and then kick their heels Kenneth out. will like
3: wipe his hand on his like pristine shirt because he had to just touch. yeah touch the to <laughs> And then a,
1: and then a, a, sea, a sea serpent will just like come out of the out of the water like and over the sun. You know, and <laughs> eat, eat them all. All <laughs> water, like pre-willy the high five. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, the attacking kind. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I'll help you. Yeah.
3: He'll just eat Kyle and Kenneth yeah. at once.
4: It'll, it'll like, we... the Meg. It'll just be, you know. Yes, it'll be just like the Meg. And if you haven't watched um, the Meg, then I, I plead you, please, please watch it. it it's, it's it's the
1: best of Jaws and the best of the Abyss in the worst movie. <laughs> Is that it? Are we moving on? I think so. Well, I have a surprise for you. Because since Alyssa isn't here and we needed someone to read the chapter, I thought that it would be a perfect chapter for Joey to read. (laughs)
4: Yes.
3: (laughs) Yes. I do think it was the best choice for him. Hey, Joey. The
2: perfect.
5: Hey, guys. Hi. Hello. You're back
2: from the dead. Back from the dead. And what a
4: reason so to be you. summoned. <laughs> yeah. What's Malta. We're going <laughs> to see a spike in listeners when the word catches on that Joey's in this episode. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All his fans will come back if they deserve <laughs> us.
5: Yeah, what's up with these books? You, you don't have any fits. I don't know what to do. There are a lot of people. <laughs> I, don't have I'm, anybody to... I'm
4: glad to have a break from fits for a minute.
5: <laughs> yeah. I thought oh. you
1: didn't like Fitz, Joey. I thought you said he was bad at his job.
5: He was bad at his job. That's why you like him. You like that you... You. you <laughs> it's a love-hate relationship.
1: Well, I have a character for you. Well, who? Her name is Malta. Oh.
5: Yeah, she's no Fitz. But she's good at being a, a 12-year-old.
1: <laughs> Take it away. All
5: right. Um, so, I... Uh, I listened to a couple episodes of this trilogy or this trilogy. I don't know what the hell's going on. (laughs) Um, so I'm coming to this, this chapter with no context. And, um, so I might need some help, but it starts out with a character named Malta who's young and she's mad at another character called Devard restart, who she describes as a fat fool. And um, she got some cash from her daddy from the foreign lands. She needs a a boss baller ball gown for the Harvest Offering Ball. Um, There's some discussion about needing dancing lessons and etiquette. um, But it comes out that she's probably not supposed to be going. And that her family doesn't want her to be there. But she's got it in her head that she's definitely going. Um, she has, uh, it's pretty clear to me that she's got mommy issues, (laughs) um, (laughs) that she does. And that, uh, her mom needs to trust her, uh, because her mom is like a, a really boss Bingtown trader. Um, but it turns, uh, it turns out that Malta has green silk laying around. And so she doesn't need to buy fabric. She just needs to, to, to buy a, to, to, to pay a teller to make a dress out of it. So using the gold that her, father gave her uh she uh goes to the seamstress who's like i guess sort of a free spirit because she dresses uh uh this kid up as a total slut and um <laughs> it's like some discussion about ribbon making her bust like pop which is kind of weird because i don't i just what how, how? i don't know um <laughs> maybe she's maybe she's using tissue i don't know um
4: so she uses uh
5: There's also a little bit about her choosing this gaudy, cheap jewelry over tasteful, expensive pieces because, you know, it's like quantity over quality. You gotta, you gotta, like, be blinding. You can't just be, like, tasteful. Uh, I mean, she's, what, she's young. She's, like, 12. So uh, Malta keeps the dress hidden from her mother and nana and all the uh, all those goddamn hens that she lives with. <laughs> and I can't even keep track. I think there's like three older women, including her mom, that lives with her, and they're just like these old biddies that, in her mind, she doesn't <laughs> want to have any time. She doesn't want to. They just don't want her to have a good time. Um. So she spends time with this character named Rach. Who's a slave that teaches her how to dance, and I don't know. I think a just slave is just trying to like curry favor with her or something. And then I'm kind of like, wait a minute, why are, are there slaves in these in this in the, in these world in this world in this part of the world? Which is kind of distressing to me. We're just kind of fine with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, then there's this thing she's talking about. She has to get a shimshay <laughs> i've never it's i don't like know a rickshaw, what i imagine it's a like is it. that it is this just like it's like oh it's like a rickshaw it's basically like yeah um do they
3: have bicycles
5: <laughs> it's that's what i was picturing i was well, like i was thinking bicycles? well what do you
4: call the ones where like the men like it's a man and it has like the sticks and the little carriage in the back and like the person has to kind of like
5: oh he's running with it <laughs> that's wasn't there like, like I, a there's I'm... no horse? A
3: small, open-topped, horse-drawn carriage.
5: Oh, oh it is horse-drawn. so it
4: does have a horse.
5: Why what that? What the fuck like is she bitching about? acting like ghetto or something. She's acting like it's ghetto, but that it sounds... No, it's open. Oh, it's, it's not, open. A, it's not a closed She's not enclosed.
4: Carriage. What a princess. Uh,
5: <laughs> so, um, so, so, to Malta, this dance that she's going to, it's the Harvest, uh, harvest Offering Ball. Um, it's like her chance to come out to the world as a woman, like a 12 year old woman. <laughs> and, um, it's she's mean the Shimshay driver. And, uh, I'm kind of like, this is at the point in the, the chapter where I'm like, I don't like Malta. Am I supposed to like her? <laughs> sucks. Like she just sucks. <laughs> and she doesn't suck in a Fitz way. That's very important. Fitz is... It's is, not an
3: endearing way.
5: Yeah. Like she doesn't suck in an endearing way. That's, that's right. She's like... I don't like her. I don't want to spend any more time with her. I want to be away from her. Um, so she's totally like, and I, again, this is the only chapter I've read and I'm like, like I'm used to these books where the point of view is restricted to one character. So I was like, is this really like, are all these books like from her point of view? Um, I'm, I'm guessing not. um, no. So she goes into the ball. Uh, she drools over a bunch of guys as they arrive. Um, she uh, pounders about marriage. She doesn't have a crush on anybody. And she's like, maybe I should have a crush on somebody, which is like the least inspired way to be into somebody is to like have a project <laughs> of it. Um, then a guy get, comes in, a um, guy named Cryon, uh who always wore gloves on account of burnt hands. Um, he writes poetry and, and her friend, um Dello is totally into him um Malta seems to be crushing on all the boys crushing wait oh she's new at it she's new at crushing on the boys um and uh she balled up her cloak and threw it under a tree um she doesn't know what to do with it (laughs) super awkward um she can't decide if her if she's happy her family's there or not blah 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 uh Dello finally rolled up uh in her carriage with her family. And then Malta notices Delo's brother, Sirwin Trellolo. and uh, she's like, "Well, maybe I'm into this guy now." And uh, then there, <laughs> then there's a confrontation that ensues about why Delo's not wearing a dress like she bragged about. So Malta's calling her out. Turns out Delo's just a big old brag. Um, so Malta's just sitting there alone, all hooched up. And the footman catches <laughs> a footman catches uh, her or is, is, is sees her and uh, she she interprets that as a positive, but it's probably that the footman was like what what am I looking at? And, he's like, <laughs> um, and then and then this is when we get we get to Devard Restart who grabs Malta, um, he hides her in his carriage. Uh, apparently, there's some Rain Wild peeps at the ball that's talking to Restart while he's trying to hide Malta behind him, um, behind his girth, it said. Um, cause again, he, it's said, because again, he's, he's a big guy, I guess, and, um, he didn't want, he didn't want the rain wild people to see, uh, Malta in this state, um, so she, uh, starts, uh, she, he, he gets mad at her, of course, and asks why she's there, what she's, what she's fucking wearing, um, uh, why, uh, she stirs up a lie about why her, her, her old bitties uh, couldn't be there. Um, he's all wigged out and asks her if um, she's talked to anyone else there. Because um, her reputation's at stake, of course. And then he calls her a Jamalian strumpet. And I'm mm. guessing Jamalia's some um, place in <laughs> here. <laughs> and this is when I'm like, this guy's, this guy's good. He's telling, out, he's telling off this this hoochie. Hoochie 12-year-old. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, then she gets her, everything starts going bad at this point. Her dress gets caught on the carriage, it rips. Um, and then, uh, of course she, uh, once Devard gets her back to her house and her, na- her Nana's distressed, um, and then, uh, Malta gets an earful of shame from <laughs> the family hags. Uh, Devard explains that only his, his, his large body blocked the Rainwild families from seeing the Malt, Malta in the state. And then um, there's more shaming of Malta, plenty, tons, tons of shaming, an ocean of Malta shaming. (laughs) Um, Then she has a tantrum, throws a wet towel um, just before they call her a whore again. Uh, She clearly (laughs) needs etiquette training. Malta wishes she was a whore in Jamalia. And then Devard, this is weird, I thought this was really strange. Devard admits that some of how Malta is dressed is actually in style for the courtesans in Jamalia. And um, I'm like, well, why are courtesans like a status symbol on these lands? And I guess, I'm guessing that some, Jamalia might just be going to hell or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like some Sodom and Gomorrah shit. Um, it turns <laughs> out Malt and her family wouldn't have been expected in the ball, mainly because on account of the morning. Malt concludes uh, it was a huge waste because she saw Delo's bro and he totally noticed her. And then I was like, what's this story about? (laughs) (laughs) Like, seriously, like this chapter, this chapter, do we care? Does this, has she been in this book much?
3: She's in the book, but this this is her first POV chapter. Yeah. And much of the rest of the book is about ships. And this chapter
1: is definitely not about ships. We've just (laughs) seen little tiny bits of culture. culture. Yeah.
5: This is culture. Okay.
1: This is just a little bit of, you know, some society some cleanliness
5: (laughs) man we don't have to talk
1: about how everyone smells really bad
5: i mean she apparently doesn't look
1: i'm sure i'm sure if
4: Kenneth were here he would be talking about she
1: smells like she smells sweet like a whore
4: my guess is (laughs) they're giving us all this point of view of her being a snotty little princess bitch because she's gonna get cashed in on that uh Trade agreement with the Rainwilds family and get shipped up there, and she's really gonna fucking hate her life. And
1: then she's gonna get waddles. (laughs) How does that so? Do they just
5: have like arranged marriages in this part of the. I mean, I guess it's not that unusual in the.
1: It's almost worse than arranged because it's a. It's a. It's a. A backup clause to the the contract that their ancestors signed where they. So they're they're, supposed to be paying off
3: this ship. Oh,
5: cool! That's nice. Yeah. Chattel,
3: and they couldn't. She couldn't pay uh, the full amount, so the backup plan is to send a child. Yeah, <laughs> to the
1: to rain, the rain
4: Damn, she to is. Inject she's not gonna some like new that. blood. I
1: yeah. mean, it's funny because you can you contrast that with like how anti-slavery this family is. Like, what's the difference? Yeah.
5: It's not it's not really different at all. This is like no. some Khaleesi style shit.
1: Yeah. Oh and this is this is for a live ship though, so it's all fine. Yeah, you don't get an army. You just get a boat that can talk and <laughs> sass you. Yeah.
4: Well and I guess yeah. they never expect to not be able to pay, so I I
5: I have heard that these books contain quite a bit of um triggering triggering subject matter that the other books did not contain and uh i don't get that i don't understand why why we would venture down that path now suddenly this way I,
1: i i honestly it's because there's there's female characters in it and for better or worse especially in 90s fantasy when women are in it it's that means that they get to experience Vulnerable. violence. Yeah.
5: I mean, I guess it's a part of life. It's just like when I read fantasy or listen to it, I don't want to usually have that happen in those stories. Right.
1: But it's like like Fitz yeah. got tortured and stuff and experienced That's a lot of violence. Fine. But it, That's wasn't, fine. it wasn't sex-based <laughs> violence, you know? Like, but as soon as someone, you know is considered you know smaller and weaker it's that's that's the violence that's Mm -hmm. on the table yeah
5: i don't know i just i don't i don't know i mean i guess i don't know i i'm i go back and forth on that as a as a guy i don't i don't you know i maybe i I don't know who identifies with that i don't is there people that out there that are like i get it it's real this happened to me or this kind of thing I,
1: i i i mean there's a lot of like nuance in these books and many different experiences and I just I think that I think with these this trilogy in particular I think what you said is right like we have way more than one point of view character and this is this is Robin Hobb filling out a world that we didn't really that hadn't been developed because she we only saw it from Fitz's point of view so now she's setting up this world and it is full of terrible things mm. yeah yeah
5: yeah, I mean, it's it's legitimate for sure.
1: Well, thanks for your summary of Malta's.
5: Mhm. Yeah.
1: Hoochie ball.
5: Bye. Thanks,
4: Joey. Bye. You're
5: welcome. Bye. Bye, guys.
4: Bye. <laughs> Cute.
1: All right. So. Do we
3: have
4: anything else to say about Malta? <laughs> I, I, what else about Malta?
0: I, back to the like the harshness of this world, I think a significant amount of it is probably due to the fact that you're not, I mean, you're not, the point of view is not a guy who lives up in a castle for most of his time. I mean, he ends up going out into the world in that last book and it, you see a lot of terrible things. But like this, in this book, it's it's all over the place and you have people in high society, but you have people out, you know, and the exact opposite. So it's, I think, you know, from the other books, it, when they ventured out of the, your high castle, it does get kind of, it gets kind of gross.
3: Well, I mean, you get Starling and you get, you know, every awful thing that happened to her. So, I mean, right. it's there, it's just not... You're not getting her point of view, you're not getting right. her feelings as much as you do in this book,
1: right, and there's just more female characters, so for whatever reason, we're getting lots more variety of yeah oh, the, you know, we got a little for
3: brush and two in chapter two
1: yeah that that is true that is true, um, somewhat
3: equal opportunity here
1: yeah i uh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think I think she's. I think Rob is trying to set up this kind of comp- like a dichotomy, or even more than a dichotomy of like here's like a prosperous trade town, and we have these these characters who have all of these like really nice, good morals. Like we believe in them as our main characters, and then we have characters who are our villains. We know they're villains, and then she sets it up so that we're like, oh, but they're all hypocrites, right? And our good people are profiting off of slavery, or, or can't admit to themselves that they are, you know, that are, and our bad people might like we're empathizing with them and rooting for them in a way.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's it's also a, a way to show that even the, even if the family has like a moral compass that we agree with, it doesn't actually make them. Mm, competent uh, as human beings <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna you know throw some more mom criticism here I'm not trying to mom shame you Kefria but seriously where the fuck are you um, why what? does your child have zero like c- connection with you as a sort of moral force as a stabilizing force why does she have no understanding of society um, like where the fuck are you and it's
1: because her mother has no ambition, and Malta has ambition.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, then, like you know, what's
4: what's Ronica doing? You know, like she could.
1: Twelve, but
3: she could talk to
4: Malta. You well, know, like... and I think Joey hit on that too. It's like there's this house full of adult women, but somehow this little girl is able to get away and run around town and do all this stuff and go to this ball, and like nobody fucking notices.
3: Well, yeah. not, I mean, not. To... I realize they're in they're in mourning and they're like dealing with stuff. And obviously, Ronica's really not paying attention right now, and Kefria's is Kefria, But you know, it is. It just doesn't seem like any of them
4: are putting in an effort to have a connection with her.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's... and even like before this ball stuff, they could have. You know, before you know, Ephren died. You know, like there was plenty of time for her to learn. Something about the world, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. I think I think my bigger problem is is less like her being able to get away because eh, kids kids are sneaky and they can they're they're not that they're not that dumb. They can. They can figure the logistics out, but it's more, why does she have absolutely no idea like what being a woman even means? Like she keeps, you know, saying it like, Oh, you know, I'm turning into a woman now, but like, she clearly has no idea like what sex even is or what it means or what like the flirtations mean or anything like that. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. You can't like, if you keep a child that sheltered, um, then they're going to be completely uh, easy prey to the terrible influence and perspectives of their friends, who are also misinformed and like don't know what the fuck any of them are talking about. And so then they, you know, like egg each other on and you know try and do the oh I'm going to do this well, I'm going to do this and it just it and and where is the adult wh- where is the adult for any of them to actually like I mean honestly like, rein this behavior in
1: Yeah,
3: I was gonna say clearly Dello has enough of, you know, a parental system around her that she wasn't actually wearing, you know, she <laughs> right. wasn't she dressed like a, a whore at the gown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but someone was still saying, oh no, you're going to wear your, you know, normal short skirts and braided hair or whatever. I don't know why that's, you know, considered modest, but all right, sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's clearly, uh, I mean, I think if, Obviously, if Kefria and Ronica were going to the ball, like, they would not have let Malta do that. Right. So I think, I mean, there's definitely problems in general, but the fact that, like, Malta isn't, she has, like, no real, like, respect for the morning situation or anything that her, you right. know, her family's going through. Mm-hmm. She just wants to go to the ball. I mean, she's a kid, and I get it, and, like, you know, she clearly didn't have a real connection to her, you know, grandfather anyway, but... I don't know. There's
1: there's a lot of problems in this family.
3: <laughs> I, think- well,
1: I think it's also, like, uh, maybe it's part of their society that they've become so straight-laced and so rigid with, like, what people's roles are. And it's, like, until you're 15 or whatever, this is how you dress. And then after that mm-hmm. time, you get to... And it's, like, it doesn't take into account that people age at different rates, really, and, like, mm-hmm. and what they want and their desires. And it reminds me, actually, a lot, Elena, of, like, standard, like historical romance novels where mm-hmm. you have like 18 year old women who are like i've never seen a nipple men have nipples and it's like yeah where, where the fuck where the fuck do you live like <laughs> yeah and I, the,
2: as, as as a country girl born and raised i'm like we, where the fuck are you living because doesn't your family have like land and a farm like you've really never seen that like really you've never seen it
1: really Right, like you don't know what fucking is, like you've never yeah. really. I mean, I don't know. Like, good, good for like maybe that Kefria did right in that way, where she sheltered her to the point
2: <laughs> that she's completely like, <laughs> like, like able to be victimized by yeah, predatory yeah. men. Also, good job, she's just like,
3: <laughs> I don't know what a crush is, and I don't know like what wearing this you know, dress means to anyone and, oh, like, so people are looking at me. This is great. Like, no, it's not.
1: No, yeah. I
0: mean, not. to be honest, Kefri is just as sheltered in different ways, though. Like, she doesn't even know anything about running the estate. Like.
1: Well, yeah. 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 It's not. It's It's just There's... another way that women are limited. Right. It's well, like. You can't live your life. You can't have sexual freedom. You can't have. You can't use your mind to any pursuit. You literally just sit around, and I think that frustrates Malta because I think Malta is clearly the type of person who needs to like have a job. You know, like she's <laughs> she really wants to like like she's trying to like I don't know plot and like, grow up too fast. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give her a job. Well, I think. Um, I mean, I think
2: Ronica though like she runs the estates and and part of why Efren trusted her with them is that she does a good job and she is Mm -hmm. very active and involved and the problem is that she didn't bring Kefria along like that she raised Kefria to you know be her like good little girl but then she never taught Kefria how to be a woman like how to actually like run an estate and be competent and do all of the things that Ronica knows how to do um and you know, so it's kind of like a intergenerational failing where Veronica's failure to properly parent Kefria and like demonstrate, this is what it is to, you know, to have a child. You're not, it's not like you just birth them and then let your servants raise them. You know, you mentor them. It's like their moral shaping is your responsibility. Um, But she, because Veronica didn't do that with her daughters, Like, Althea got it from her dad because she was with her dad on the ship. Kefria didn't get it, so Kefria didn't know to do that.
0: Right. And that is is what they're doing. They're they're letting the Nana take care of the kids. Like, that is is exactly what's happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to move us on to Chapter 19 because we're going to go long, if not. So, Jenny, take it away.
3: All right. Chapter 19 is called Testimony. Um, so Vivacia nicely summarizes Wintrow's misery for us since the bear incident at Crest. Uh, he's having a rough time of it with the crew because any respect they had been developing for him was ruined after he wouldn't fight the bear. Uh, Wintrow continues to stand by his decision, but everyone else thinks that he's a coward and his father agrees. So Wintrow is extra miserable and that makes Vivacia miserable. Uh, he's also injured. Because his finger was crushed in an incident with some hemp line and a pulley block. And no one is really sympathetic. And while he's sitting on the deck uh, during his hour with Vivacia, he comes to the conclusion that they're going to have to amputate his finger before it infects his whole hand. And so Vivacia tells him to go and tell his father and tell him it must be done in her name and on her deck. So Wintrow marches to the captain's gallery and tells Kyle he needs his finger cut off. And he also tells Kyle he wants him to do it, which Kyle is really not a fan of he's like no gantry does the ship doctoring he'll do it and like you know he can do it down here and it's fine and winter is not having it he's like no you're we're gonna do it on the deck and you're gonna come and watch it at the very least so up on the deck a crowd is gathering of the crew and winter sort of calmly explains to gantry just how to best remove his finger and then Uh he somehow manages, (laughs) manages to shove his consciousness into the ship to avoid feeling the pain, which is. Interesting. Um, and so, yeah, you know, Gantry's cutting off his finger, and Kyle kind of turns away at the sight. Because, um, I mean, you kind of would, but that's bad for that relationship. Oh, uh, so, <laughs> Winchero's, like, explaining to Gantry how to, like, best stitch up his wound after everything, even though, like, he's he's ex- he's experiencing the pain, like, sort of externally. But he's sort of, like, watching himself from... The boat, I guess. Um, and then after he comes back to himself and drinks a bit of brandy, he tells the crew and his father, I am not a coward, I am not big, I don't claim to be strong, but neither am I a weakling nor a coward. I can accept pain when it's necessary. And Kyle's eyes light up and he's like, oh, I've had some hand in this. You are a haven. And winter counters with, I'm a vestrate. You made me a vestrate. And I really like that line. Um, <laughs> and Then, continuing to make Kyle look terrible, which (laughs) I approve, um, he offers him his (laughs) severed finger as a token of victory, since it will never wear a priest's signet. (laughs) And for some reason, Kyle doesn't want this very nice hard-won gift, so Winter (laughs) throws it overboard. And because Vibatia couldn't bear to lose this finger, she catches it and uh, saves it for a little, like, midnight snack later. (laughs) Um... (laughs) 'Cause we know she likes to eat strange things now, so she uh she eats it and lets it be absorbed into her and now she thinks that she and Winter are one. She Which you know sh- <laughs> i I was appreciative of the fact that she was also questioning like where things go when she eats them because we've been doing that as well. Um And then meanwhile, we have Paragon also getting a point of view this chapter, and he has some more visitors. Um, Mingsley comes back, and he's brought our favorite woodcarver, Amber, with him. Uh, Paragon actually speaks this time, and so Amber is really not impressed. She didn't sign up to cut up living wood, and she storms off. Mingsley isn't happy either, and he asks if cutting the figure head-free would kill Paragon, and Paragon tells Mingsley to come close enough to try, (laughs) which would be amusing. Maybe some other ships could eat things. Um... (laughs) so uh amber returns a short while later and paragon asks her her name and she tells him that she is called amber but paragon knows that's not her true name and amber replies with i've had a number of names this is the one that suits me best here and now so the plot thickens there uh amber asks if she can touch his face and touches him with her bare hand which seems to open up some kind of connection between them and then he Pushes her away, but Amber asks if they can begin again, so he invites her inside, and now Paragon seems to have increased his friend count to three. Which is nice for him.
1: Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't he eat friends. Amber. Or tell her to commit suicide, which is other his other favorite thing. This so, is why she has the beads, I'm telling you. She's just gonna fill him with beads, and then he won't be able to beads. hurt anyone ever again.
4: <laughs> I definitely don't think that Paragon's a finger eater. <laughs> You don't
3: know. I mean, lots of things happened before if he I came back. If I had to guess which to, ship was the
0: meat document. eater, I would have guessed Paragon before this chapter.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Vivacia had only eaten earrings prior to this, so yeah. it was hard to tell. <laughs> now she's got that squidgy old finger floating around in there. It's all infected and gross. Well, no,
3: she said it She said it absorbed into her, like the, the bloody handprints on the deck.
4: I just feel like, why would you want infection absorbing into you?
1: Yeah. I don't know. why would you want to eat a rotting finger <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the burps yeah, aren't gonna yeah. smell good <laughs> you know
3: some delicacies uh, you know some things are delicacies to some things <laughs> and not to others <laughs> um but anyway I really liked when in this chapter and I really liked sticking it to Kyle and making him look bad and
4: yeah. I approved. Kyle totally tried he... to take like some level of ownership on that, being like, "Oh yeah, that's my son. He's a haven." And Wintro's like, "Nah, player, not today."
2: <laughs> well, and look at a uh, look at Wintro like not l- like leveraging the fa- on the fact that he basically was able to do that because of the training he got as a priest because right. like essentially that those were advanced meditative techniques um where you can sort of disconnect your mind from your body and like you sort of your consciousness merges with like It's a, it's a form of unity, um, consciousness where you lose awareness of yourself as something separate from everything. And, um, for Wintrow to have gotten to that point with meditation in like two years, I mean, that's pretty baller. Um, some people it takes decades to get there.
1: He was going to be a good priest. Yeah. Like he was so much
2: stained glass. (laughs)
3: <laughs> was it all meditation or was he really or was it also his bond with the ship though
2: um, I mean, that I, was helping I, I think yeah. that definitely like helped it um, but the the fact that he, he his mind was trained to like do that and he sort of cognitively understood that he could do that that's because of the training he got um, as a priest yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. it made him open to like the ship's magic yeah but because it also
3: felt to me very much like Fitz you know going into Night Eyes to avoid you know like death <laughs>
1: But it wasn't quite ways. the same, because yeah. it's felt like he became no. the ship, and she didn't, like, no. become him. And he couldn't, well, use, I mean... like, he couldn't steer the boat. <laughs> Which would be cool. He couldn't eat his own would... finger, you know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> he
3: nice. just shared, he shared some, some space with the boat for a time to disconnect.
1: Yeah. I... I do want to go back to what you said about bits and Night Eyes, though. So, like, is this giving us a more of a hint about how the boats work? Like, are we looking at some old magic systems that we're already familiar with? Is this a new magic system? I want thoughts from my new readers.
3: I think it's somewhere in between...
0: It certainly is similar how they share... Right. ...share memories and... Like, cause the wit, they always talked about how it was, it was like, you didn't have to say anything, everything that you were thinking could immediately be shared.
3: Well, there's also like a bond with the wit, you know, like mm-hmm. both parties have to yeah. accept that. And I think that's similar with the ship, you know, like it's not, Kyle can't bond with the ship, you yeah. know, cause the ship doesn't want Kyle. Right. And Kyle doesn't really want the ship. But, you know, Wintrow and and the ship have a bond. Althea and the ship have a bond. You know, and I think with Paragon, we're seeing too, like, he is willing to, you know, engage with certain people and not others,
1: like Mingsley, who he should eat. (laughs) I'm also wondering if. I'm just looking at the structure of the chapter itself. You know, like we're we're kind of pinging between Paragon and Vivacia, two of our, you know, our two live ships. One of them is good and innocent and new, and the other one is old and bad and has killed people and is like ugly now. And I'm I'm thinking like, what's the dichotomy here? That's deeper than that. And here we have Paragon making a friend, and viv and Vivacia like experiencing yet more violence and then eating human flesh so (laughs) you tell me who the better boat is which boat do you want to sail on the one where it could get uh like a
4: hangering and like take a (laughs) snack or the one that that murders everybody
0: well, we don't know the well, stories. Curr- they, well, I know, right? I know, I know, I wanna know. I want to know the don't... stories. Why? What, what happened? Well, I know.
3: We don't know. If we that were yet. on Vivecia, we'd have to sail under Kyle. So, right, you know, no. <laughs> but <laughs> well,
4: well, also, whereas
3: Paragon is just going to sail himself, and like his friends are going to get on board. So maybe that's
1: better. Oh,
4: it's like Shira Paragon seems kind <laughs> to certain people. Like he's letting people squat inside of him. Like he doesn't. You know, it's like he has that part of him, but. I'm very curious as to like what the motivations were if he did go quote unquote mad when he was out on the water or like what really happened to all those people.
2: Yeah. I mean, Paragon strikes me as being um, like he he's a victim of abuse. Um, And whether that's like literal, like the ship's consciousness was abused or if it's simply because of the way that two of his, uh, quickening souls died, uh, untimely deaths. And that, you know, did something. Um, but he, um, he's clearly like lonely. He's clearly reaching for connection and mostly he finds rejection and unkindness. And, and, you know, so then he finds little bits of kindness in people like Althea and Brashen and now Amber and, You know is maybe a little bit too trusting or a little bit you know too willing to let them you know in but at the same time that shows that he's not fundamentally broken like he's he's simply had bad things that happened and that have conditioned him to um think humans are are mean or you know this or that whereas vivasha is she's young and she's in innocent in the sense that she hasn't experienced a lot but she has a she has a nasty streak like althea keeps bringing it up and like noticing it and being like a little bit afraid but she's like vivacious not afraid to uh to fuck a bitch up she's like oh I, I don't like you i'm gonna like wiggle the deck under your feet ha motherfucker see if i don't toss you overboard and now she's <laughs> eating people and like i don't know is is she is she actually all that innocent
4: Oh, I don't think so I, I mean, we haven't
3: seen Paragon out on the water yet, so we don't really know how he functions True. as, like, a sailing ship yeah. with a crew and all of that, because, you know, we only see him—he's he's so isolated and lonely, like, you know, any nice human interaction, he's like, yay, but, you know. Yeah, I also but, feel but like just in we terms of their personalities.
0: Seen, we haven't seen a live ship that is quickened yet and also crewed by people that it likes— and yeah. mm-hmm. we haven't seen, like, a nice like a nice home life for a live ship.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, this is what a live ship is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, there are lots of live ships out there, so I'm sure you'll get your wish. Anything else on this chapter before we move on to the last?
4: Amber? Yeah, I was just going to say, just bringing up Amber and... I don't know about this. I know we're supposed to like her because Alyssa says so, but there's something <laughs> up with her. I'm just trying to figure out what it is. She's a boat Any runner. thoughts? Hmm. Any thoughts, Ashley? Um, I don't know. Like, I definitely... I brought this up when we recorded our first attempt at this episode. Um, They've, uh, they've focused a couple few times now on her wearing gloves. And... I'm just wondering like that kind of took my brain into the realm of like, okay, well, maybe she's from the rain wilds, and we know that their skin goes through whatever I don't out the frog lizard skin kind of thing <laughs> if, she's, if she's hiding trying like hiding certain things in that regard, maybe she's from the rain wilds um I don't know, but I just like the fact that they've made up like a couple like very focused, like and she had gloves on. I'm like, okay, we, we're <laughs> focusing on that a bit. So
2: Yeah. But she also she also has that touch where she like understands wood and like almost feels like the the life of the wood under her hands. Yeah so maybe it's just like to protect herself from like tactile overwhelm that like she can't go around constantly feeling you know, every wooden surface as if it's alive right. and going into a trance with it, like she did with the ship. So,
4: and that raises the question of like, what would give her that ability or that relationship with wood? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. She's like got the wit except with wood. Right. <laughs>
1: right. Well, Elena, you didn't read the trilogy, but at this, this is when I bring up, like, we have seen people touching objects before and using magic on objects to gain information about them in the last trilogy.
2: Well, I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I've, I've read the first book, so I don't know if that, I don't remember yeah. if that comes up. It in, didn't happen in the first no, book. Okay.
3: No.
4: It was later. But Paragon trusts her, and so I feel like that's a good thing. Like, that's a, I'm that's a gold star for Paragon
1: Andrew. hasn't eaten any fingers yet, like.
4: We I'm don't know good. that. Here's you may have thing. in the past. Here's
1: the thing. There's only two. There's only two creatures that have like that we've gotten so far, and they both eat humans. So I'm not on either of their teams. Yeah. Wait, what's the second one? Serpents, man. The serpents. Oh, serpents. <laughs> Fat
3: on people. I try and avoid thinking about the serpents at all costs. <laughs> Unless it's gonna eat Kyle, in which case I'm fine. <laughs>
1: Well, vivacia ate a little bit of Kyle's DNA, so.
3: <laughs> no, he's a vestrit. <laughs> she's got... The she's finger was all She's finger got that best
1: taste. <laughs> she's going to go for
2: it. <laughs> yeah, the parts that are Kyle are what she uh, regurgitates and spits out into the sea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God. Elena, chapter 20.
2: All right. Chapter 20 is titled Crimpers. So we start out with Brashen in the tavern. Uh, this is an unplanned stop for the Reaper, but they ran out of clean water and had to. And so the sailors all got a unexpected night ashore. And so Brashen sort of reflecting on the fortune of their ship. They had a good haul. They're getting out of the uh, um, the barrens early, like before it's true winter and he's thinking about how well Althea did. Um, she um, has acquitted herself well. She got a Skinner's bonus as well as the uh, the Sailor's pay and is totally part of the crew now. Um, he's been getting lucky all night. Uh, in addition to getting to go ashore, he's won some coins and some drugs, a uh, little bit of send-in, high quality apparently at that, off of... Um, some guys on another ship who are just now heading north to the Barrens to try and um, get their slaughter haul. And they um, are short of sailors, apparently, and that's why they can't get up there. They're still stuck in this shitty little port town. And um, the tavern keeper's daughter kind of keeps coming by Brashen's chair and, give, you know, giving him refills and asking him about Althea or Athel And... Um, then eventually says, well, you know, I have a, I have a room in the back. It's, it's right there, if you want it. And Brashen seems to think it's a really good idea whether she's in the bed or not. He's like, hey, I can sleep in a bed that's not on a boat. I'm there. Uh, then we get to Althea's point of view. And she's winding up the night uh, with the crew. She very definitely did not get drunk. And um, the crew has heard rumors that the jolly gal is actually trying to... Um, Impress some sailors. They are too short-handed to sail, and trying to make that up any way they can. Um, she, as everyone's uh, leaving, because none of them are sleeping on shore in that kind of situation. Um, someone from the tavern yells at her to uh, go get Brashin because he's asleep in the back room. And so when she gets there to help him, um, she sees the innkeeper's daughter with her tits out on top of him like oh no i can't wake him up and she knows it's a setup and yells crimpers just as somebody hits her on the head so the sailors from the front part of the tavern other boats come in and rescue him because um, they don't like crimpers either and she and brashen do get back to the boat uh we're back to his point of view and he's um in his cabin undressing and realizes he's got blood all over his clothes that isn't his so therefore it must be althea's and he uh gets her uh has somebody you know bring her to him so he can stitch her up um ends up giving her some send in because he's too unfocused and she's too un- unfocused to do it without the drug and you know then while they're under the influence and all energized they're like oh we're we know each other and you're you're close and you're the first person who touched me nicely in like months. And so they end up falling in bed and making sweet, sweet love multiple times. Um, he is super shocked to uh, notice <laughs> that she has a wizard wood birth control belly ring. Uh, side note, how the fuck do I get one? Because that sounds like way better than any <laughs> yes, of the actual options out there. I
4: would like that. <laughs>
2: Um, and she's like, Oh yeah, cool I got skull. this for me after the first time. And he's like, first time, what, what do you mean? Um, and she's like, Oh yeah, I was, I was 14 and I was totally in love with this like super charming, raffish deckhand. And, um, one night we were in on shore and he came, he came back while I was on watch and was basically like one a bone. And I was like, yeah, I do. And then he, <laughs> you know, kind of bent me over and, uh, We just sort of did it right there. And then he, you know, picked up his bag and left the ship and found out my dad had fired him when we got to port. And I was so mad that he didn't come back. And Brashen was like, you realize that was a revenge fuck against your father, right? And she's like, wow. I thought he just did it because he could get away with it. But no, that was a revenge fuck. Wow. Yeah. Um. And while she's processing that, she also has to admit that the worst part of it wasn't even, like, the unsatisfying lay or the fact that, like, he didn't give a shit about her, but that it ruined her relationship with Kefria because she thought she was pregnant. And when they got home, she went to her sister thinking, my sister's married Your and she's my sister. She'll help. And instead, Kefria was just like, oh, my God, you shamed the family. I, I, You know, you're terrible. You're horrible. How could you do this? And wouldn't help her. And, uh when everything sort of settled itself naturally, you know, oh, there, there it is right on time, false alarm. <laughs> um, they kind of papered it over and pretended to make up. And that's when Kefria acquired the uh, protection. It's the least you can do not to shame the family. But that was basically when they stopped being sisters. And um, that was, you know, oh, and the chapter ends with uh, with her telling Brashen that like all the other times she's tried it, it hasn't been very good, but this is what it's supposed to be like. And now she finally understands, like, why people risk everything for it. And he's like, uh, uh it- it's the send-in. It- I've heard it has that effect on women. It's like, yeah, Brashen, totally the send-in.
1: Wow, totally. Brashen. Yeah. Wow. Thanks it has for that. nothing
2: to do with, like, feelings and knowing each other and having a better context than, like, hey, you're a hot stranger. But,
1: you know. At this point, Brashen doesn't deserve anything that happens to him. Like, he got a good position on the vivacia, even though he was a fuck-up. <laughs> Then he, like, gets to sleep in the Paragon, even though he's a fuck-up. Then he gets to, like, be second mate, even though he's a fuck-up. And then he gets to, like, make sweet, sweet love with Althea, even though he's a fuck-up. So Tell us how you feel about (laughs) Brashin. Well, it's...
2: Fuck-up is maybe a harsh word, even though he puts in very little effort. Like, basically, he he was, like...
1: He's been disowned by his father. (laughs) Like... He's a fuck. But was it for good reason? For like,
0: drugs just and gambling? I
4: think it was mean. drugs.
1: I think it was drugs and whoring. Well,
4: I mean, <laughs> yeah.
1: I but guess. maybe he's learned his
2: lessons, you know, the, uh, the, the hard way uh, as a sailor's life. But you are definitely not wrong that he was basically, like, he was, like, semi-kind and in the right place. And that's why he got to hop in bed with Althea. Like, that's not a very good reason.
4: Yeah. Well, he did not I don't try about that. He made I mean, zero effort. I mean, in all fairness, no, I've had sex try, with people but who also... didn't put much effort into it either. <laughs> he stitched so. up
1: her head. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I mean, like, right, like, he did stitch up her head, it, though. Yeah. Althea is always super aware of Brashen. Oh, but yeah. I think there's oh, definitely yeah. mutual attraction, for sure. Oh,
4: for sure. They definitely have a chemistry or yeah, some some... Things similar to that
2: yeah i'm, I'm just pointing <laughs> out that like he he did like he did very little other than like exist like that was all the effort he had to make and that's you know i want more for yeah. you than that althea i want more for yourself too girl yeah i mean this game yourself,
1: is yeah. non-existent he's like oh i got myself a room and we're both here well i
4: mean they're on a boat in the north in the middle of fucking nowhere so honestly that's like that's pretty that's pretty good my <laughs> <laughs> room is pretty great <laughs>
3: There's a door. It closes. (laughs) That's
4: that's pretty sweet.
3: There's a bed instead of a hammock. That's got to be easier.
4: I love when he's like, he sees where she sleeps and he's like, a rat wouldn't fit up there.
1: (laughs) Also, like, when was the last time they bathed? Oh, God. I
4: don't even Uh, want to talk uh, about that. Gross.
1: She was a Skinner.
2: When was the last time she bathed? Uh. No, I know.
1: That's what I mean. That's no. what I
3: mean. Well, does the wizard charm also protect from it protects from diseases
4: right? <laughs> yeah. But not well, just like STDs or just like general funk. It's not know? a force
0: field. It'll like it. keep all the dirt out.
1: <laughs> There's blood down there. It's just there's been socks in.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, God, <stop laughs> I just yeah, keep really, remembering the description
0: from a soft. few chapters back wh- where they were like, oh yeah, you get, if you get a cut on a Reaper ship, you just like, it gets infected and your arm gets, has yeah, to get it, amputated because that's, that's how gross it is all the time.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And the fact Ooh, that her lovely. hair is tarred. Did you guys catch that detail?
2: Huh? Oh, she's oh, yeah, like so that... salty.
1: Uh-huh. No, she uses tar as, like, hair gel.
2: <laughs> well, look, it, it was definitely an intoxicated, like, we're both on drugs kind of fuck, because they, I, yeah. So it was the Sindin. It was definitely, and that's, it might have, he might well, not have I been mean, wrong, maybe it, it was, was the Sindin.
0: It was more than that, because he had just been, like, roofied, and she had been hit on the head a couple times. <laughs> yeah
4: debatably consensual on both of their parts. <laughs> yeah. She's wildly concussed. Post-traumatic I mean, they are
0: both, <laughs> like, fading in and out of consciousness. Like, he couldn't walk <laughs> back to the ship without her help and then she couldn't, like, sit through his, like, stitching of her head with, like, he, he, she was, like, passing out in the middle of that. Like, if they both but hadn't they been conscious four at alternate times, they wouldn't have made it back to the ship. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so that that must have been some good shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, like, uh, yeah, and also, like, this was her best time. All that being said, <laughs> this is it. The best she ever had.
4: But again, I think that just goes back to the person and not really any of the other circumstances. Right, Yeah. yeah. She was invested. There's
1: feelings happening feelings. underneath all the gross... Germs and the dirt and the tar and the drugs. There's feelings. There's got to be feelings so to overlook all of them. The Sinden
3: them get past. The helped them get past all of the grossness and helped keep them conscious. But then there were also feelings. Yes. Would yeah. you
1: rather? Would you rather <laughs> have sex with Brashin in a closet after six months with no bath, or eat Wintrow's finger? <laughs> oh. <what?
4: laughs> A tough call i'm like really into daily bathing <laughs> like super yeah into it so. i mean like i'm
1: telling you like the people you there's people that you like you smell in the subway where you're like no i could yeah
4: would i get to cook okay. the finger <laughs> <laughs> yeah like if the uh, finger wasn't
1: if the finger had just you like I to,
4: smoke if the bones, i could remove you could the nail the and cook it and eat it like a, a bone kebab, i'd be good
2: I don't want the pus in the finger. Like, that's what I have the issue with. The finger itself, like, if it was, if if his finger just had, like, come off and that was the accident that his finger got cut off, that's a no-brainer. Like, the pus, I don't know. I'd be like, Brash and I like it from behind. Just, like,
4: (laughs) I'm going to face the wall. I don't know. He's so dirty, though. He could have pus in his cane. Who knows? All right. Okay. (laughs) But I've got my wizard
1: witch charm and I don't have to look at it
2: or put my mouth on it so
1: <laughs> this is this don't is when this tell. is you guys are talking and all i can think about is every listen we've had from the state of washington <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's not her don't worry about it robin hub it better would you rather would you rather have a butt on your forehead or two dangly little legs on your chin please let us know <laughs> does the butt do stuff or is it just a butt It it can toot, but it's not shitting. Okay. (laughs) We'll have the answers for you on our next episode.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Ready to
4: wrap it up?
1: Every episode prompts. This be my crew. Character introductions and exits. Uh, The note I put is the Reaper is not alive. Um, At this point, I don't really see an advantage. Thank God. Between live ships and, and... regular ships it, it, regular ships can't eat you um <laughs> yeah i don't know if it's worth it i don't know if it's worth selling like the next five generations of your children to some frog people i don't know yeah. <laughs> i mean the reaper would be terrifying if it were a live ship <laughs> it's got a harpoon <laughs> it's, it's helping like, why are they also, like, why are they, like, are there any live ships that aren't, like, people figureheads? Like, did anybody, like, go for it? Are there, like, big monkeys or, like, horses? Where's the,
3: monkeys? where's the, the, the giant boar with the wings? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes.
1: Where's the equivalent of that? Something that makes a really cool noise, like a porcupine or, you know? A And yeah, They all have human speech? No, if it's an animal, no. It doesn't have the lips.
4: Okay, we're getting real technical here. <laughs> it's a fucking magical figurehead, but oh, it doesn't have lips, can't I talk. think it could talk. I think
0: it could probably talk.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, Paragon can't see. Paragon doesn't have
0: lungs eyes. or a diaphragm.
4: Yeah, but he can't see because they knocked off his eyes. That's weird. There's a lot of rules we don't understand. Or no? X marks the
1: spot. Where the heck are we in relation to Fitz? Uh, Somewhere in the Pirate Isles. So
0: I think um, it was interesting. Back to the uh, the dragon. Uh, We got to mention that someone, or that I can't remember what the character's name was, but he saw dragons flying in the Six Duchies. So I oh, yes. think that that what? gives us where we are time-wise, and it's in, after yeah, the time, previous. Yeah, it, it books. was like yes.
4: two or three years before he had seen dragons fly. Yeah.
0: So now we know this is not before. The, Fitz's adventures. It's or during.
1: after. Yeah, yeah. This is after, but not very long after. Not long. So after. that means that somewhere in the woods, there's Fitz. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in the woods. Someone
2: find him. Um, Ash, you're making what a too tangle. much noise.
1: W- what? What are the serpents doing? There were no serpents in the section. We just don't know. Yeah. Saw has blessed us. <laughs> 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 and Ellen edit too. And Ellen edit. Oh. Was that
0: Ellen one aspect us? of Saw? Was that a serpent? Was that what that was? Huh? That the, the and cress, the cress. Oh, yeah. Sect.
1: The snake oh, people? Can the I the just say, yeah.
3: speaking of El and, and and other, I really liked that part where uh, Althea and Brashen were arguing about uh, the North, and she was like, they get married in front of rocks, and Brashen is like, witness, stone." <laughs> <laughs> They're just rocks. they just Really like that part she's just so like they're barbarians
1: i don't get it I don't like, they're really not honestly you don't even have to get married in front of the rock you can just be like we are married
0: <laughs> you just have yeah. to have sex
1: we had sex
3: <laughs> we yeah. are married bad news Malthia. so they they're married ration and althea are not married.
1: were they in northern <laughs> waters where where is this boat? Bu- <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, cold the ships talk what do we learn about live ships just too much uh I am super. I'm just really full up on all needed and desired live ship functionality. Like, I don't need to know anymore. Like, be a boat, don't be a boat. I don't care anymore. Just don't involve me. All right. (laughs) Not into it. Uh, Is this the patriarchy, misogyny, capitalism, slavery, and fashions from Jumalia? I wrote If Malta wants to look like a whore, She can look like a whore Note to Ketri
0: When I was reading this I was thinking Of like uh, Like upper class English royalty And then you've got like Miley Cyrus Shows up to the party Kind (laughs) of Yeah
3: But, you know, if these are the fashions of Jamelia. it makes me really question, like, you know, fits later on and, like, you know, the fashions of Jamelia. Well,
4: but what we learned was, like, she was dressed like a whore because the satraps companions were dressing this way, but he chose, there's some corruptness or something happening where, like, he chose his companions, yes. they actually are whores. And so that's the trickle down. Yeah, like, I just fashions. know
3: that later people like buttons. And wide pants
0: Maybe they're dressing like whores in the six duchies But they don't know that it's like whores So it's just like hey this is just fashion
1: <laughs> Yeah this is- They're dressing they're like Jamalian and they and whores and they, don't know it. and they don't even have glass in their windows They just wear the skins of animals <laughs> And furs
3: I just really want to t- I really want to take Althea And just stick her in Buckheap Just to see what she would I do I
4: feel like she would like it She'd after she's was her goddamn for a mind. week I know. she yeah, because go ride would horses like on a second-class citizen. She yeah, she can be a ship captain. Through. There's, Yeah.
1: She'd be like, your ships are inferior. And, like, granted, I think they <laughs> are. Because they have, like, the kind that, like, need row... Like, like men rowing. Like, an old yeah. Greek kind of, like, style. Well, yeah. yeah. That might do her mm-hmm. some she could good. Bring,
3: she could bring so much to them. Think but of how sexy she could
1: get if she got
3: those could rowing... also models. be... <laughs> but then also yeah she could come back and, and get a ship's ticket easily She um, could join
4: the raiders who knows
3: <laughs> teach, teach, teach her how to go like into berserk mode be kind of, be
4: fun.
1: okay so reminder for next reading section chapter 21 through 25 no content warnings for that section hooray oh, yeah uh i am rachel you can find me at darth rachel on twitter darth underscore rachel on instagram and you can email us at buckkeep at gmail.com
3: i'm jenny and you can find me at
2: faceless spray on instagram
0: i'm eli and you can find me at chewy bread cosplay on instagram
2: i'm elena you can find me at moff elena
4: i'm ashley and you can find me at ladybird parker on instagram
3: I I could do five seconds spoiler section with you. Okay. All
1: right. <laughs> okay. Bye. All right. I so you want to talk? About I just want
3: to be. I just want to be amused that you know they they're so close to like the amber stuff but not.
1: Yes. Well, it's it's I mean, are you surprised with
3: how I mean, I don't know how it all plays out obviously cuz I haven't read the book, yeah. but
1: I just it's, there's I mean, obviously I see the clues. Yes, the clues. It's harder in this first book. The second book it's much more obvious because she I mean, she says things where you're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Do you
3: do you I mean, when do you find out like do you ever find out for sure or is it just really obvious i mean obviously she carves his face as fits but yeah i mean that's know. pretty
1: much that's <laughs> when it becomes super obvious when she starts talking about her life in the six duchies um <laughs> yeah i was gonna tell you something is i that, just read that that'd be a spoiler so never mind uh is that is that in
3: what book is that so is the second book
1: when does she start so she's going to start she starts the um the process in the second book but i can't remember i'm not there yet so in my reread the part i wonder hmm? i wonder when
3: ashley will figure it out
1: yeah i'm waiting for it too because it's (laughs) like i know that you because because you've read the last trilogy it's like obviously you know and thank you for you know pretending you don't But I'm waiting to see because, you know, even though Elena has only read the first book of the Farseer trilogy, my bet is that she's going to figure it out before Ashley only because she likes to pick apart language like that. Like, Hmm. I I mean, they definitely noticed the gloves. That's true. And I don't
3: know that I would have noticed the gloves if I didn't already know.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I I'm not saying that Ashley won't figure it out. Like, there's there's so, there's a line coming up that is like a big like. <laughs> if they if they sail right by it, then they're going to sail right by it. But we'll see.
3: I mean, we got some good stuff in this section with you know teaching Althea how to be a boy. Oh, and, I know. I
1: wanted I just wanted and, to make and the, sure that they the face touching. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Just, it was good stuff. I liked it. Can you imagine if your, if your live ship was, like, a monkey, though? Like, it would just, instead of, like, just being this, like, lovely, stately, like, figurehead, it's just, like, a fucking monkey. (laughs) Would it think that the fingers were bananas to eat? Yeah, it just, like, makes monkey noises, or, like, some other, like, annoying animal that makes, like, like, a cockatiel or something, and it's just... (laughs) It's, like, what if it was a parrot, and then it would speak to you and. yeah, no, that's what I mean. It's like coming in. Or just repeat what you would say. The perfect live ship for a pirate. <laughs> it's just a big <laughs> pirate at the front. <laughs> perfect. I I honestly can't remember even what section is coming up. I don't know what to tell you.
3: I don't know. I just wanted to talk about Amber and okay. ships being dragons and how I don't understand how they're dragons, even though I've seen it happen.
1: You're go- I can promise you that you're going to figure it out. And it's coming soon. Okay. It's coming very soon. Okay. Aren't you excited? Very excited. To figure out how they're like Except for
3: the fact that, that they're related to the serpents and then I just get sad. Because I fucking hate the serpents. Oh, God. When do the serpents become dragons?
1: When do I have to deal with Tentaglia? <laughs> Is that an upgrade? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's, that's just No, it's worse. not. worse. <laughs> it's worse. She's coming. Uh, She's coming. Great. It's like that. Great. Remember that old meme with uh, uh, Washington, Washington, six foot four weighs a fucking ton. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. That's how I feel about Tentaglia.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I remember her name is a miracle. So, you know. Why? She, it's written in all caps so <laughs> that many that's times. That's true. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why don't the ships speak in all caps? Is because they're just not like full dragons. Yeah, yeah They're just, they're like. Toenails, they're not,
1: <laughs> <I don't
3: understand. laughs> but like okay. You know, my question is since I know that they're dragons, so like the, the tiny wizard wood charms, yeah, that cook quicken and speak, like what are those? They're the same exact thing as the ships. So, can they turn into a dragon? Is it like a teeny tiny dragon, think... or are they just not a full
1: dragon? <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I don't, I think you have to feed it a lot of people. I don't know, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I imagine. But, like,
3: this is my question. Like, can Kenneth's tiny charm turn, turn into a dragon and, like, tiny? eat him?
1: Ah, uh, negative. Damn, negative. <laughs> I would right. I want that to happen, but I think that the charm's best chance at dragonhood would be to, like, be eaten and absorbed by another another A, a bigger entity. It's like Darth Vader, you know? It's like the more limbs that get chopped off, the less force power he has, so... There's just not enough. Well, but like if
3: if Paragon ate the Wizard Wood Charm, would he then have like a third dragon inside of him? But like only partial, and then
1: he's just more confused. No, I think he'd just have like Kenneth shit in there. <laughs> That's more bad. Of it. Yeah. Well, it's already there. Yeah, so. like more of it actually, but yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to talk about? Amber's nope. That was Amber's it. golden. <laughs> Visage, her long braided yeah, hair. They do
3: they do mention her her colour a whole lot. So well it's the same color as her dress. <laughs> I know. I mean Alyssa's cosplay is very it's good. It's really good.
1: <laughs> I know. It's like it's perfect. Alright, cool. Talk to you later then. All Thank right. you. Bye. Yep. Bye.